0: at www.mapministry.org this podcast is titled shunned with christ by emmanuel Ash and is part two of four
1: and i'd like to illustrate that with the board here is that if you can just picture jerusalem and i can't draw jerusalem and what it looked like but this if this were to be jerusalem here and you have the temple there of course, to be a Jew, to be a good Jew, you were considered to be a part of the Jewish system. You were inside the church. Today, Zion is a picture of the church. Jerusalem is a literal place in Israel, but Zion is called the place, of, is, a, is a church, the lit, is, is the uh, uh, spiritual church today. But think about this Jesus, He went outside. The camp to die he was cut off from the living Jesus was cut off Jesus was put in a band Jesus was excommunicated he was shunned by the people and he went outside up on Calvary's hill and that's where he died and now today anyone who wants to come to Christ must also go outside of the camp in order to follow Christ You must go outside the camp, especially in your heart. You cannot hold on to the system in your heart and then come to Christ. You must forsake in your heart, you must go outside the camp to find Christ. You cannot stay. You cannot hold fast. You cannot serve two masters. Either you will hold the one and leave the other, or you'll cleave to one and leave this one. No man can have two masters, and so you must forsake the system if you're going to follow Christ. And Jesus was shunned by the system when he went outside that camp. And therefore, we're called Christians, aren't we? And to be a Christian means to be shunned with Christ. It it may include that. (coughs) Well... (coughs) There is a right place for shunning and excommunication. The church is to do that. And I just want to bring a few verses on that. We know that and there's been some teaching here on that before. I think I taught some on that. 2 Thessalonians three fourteen and 15 says, If any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man, have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish me as a brother. People who don't obey the word of God don't have company with them. There's other, other uh, words here, like Titus 3.10, A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. Second John 1.10 says, If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid in God's speed. And so we have many scriptures that are given to us as the church That if we are the bride of Christ, and we are the church of Christ, and we have Christ in our midst, we are to shun evil. We need to be afraid of evil. We need to drive evil out. We need to put out those who are living in sin. We don't want to have those in our midst who are continuing to live in sin. Someone can fall into sin, yes, and they can repent. But those who continue to live in sin, we as a church need to shun them. That's good and right. This thing of pronouncing a curse on people, which is, it happens today, and, but what happens is that when the church does not have scriptural foundations to put you in the band, then what they say doesn't matter, doesn't hurt you. But if the church is in right standing with God and you're living in sin and the church puts you out and shuns you, oh, beware, because God honors his word Peter it seemed like he pronounced some pretty strong words to, some, to this to uh, I don't even have the name but Peter here's Acts eight twenty it says Peter said to him thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money Thy money perish with thee, he said. That's a strong word. It's almost like pronouncing a curse upon this man. It's almost like cutting him off. Paul also spoke strong words. In Acts 13, verse 11 And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. This it was a man who was following Paul who was causing trouble and Paul simply pronounced some strong, a strong curse, you might see, upon this man. And to be cut off in the Old Testament was to be cursed. And Paul cursed this man. Acts 5, verse 5, Peter, again, Ananias and Sapphira, they came there and they lied to the Holy Ghost and Peter simply pronounced some strong words over them and they died. He cut them off. And Ananias and Sapphira, they both fell down and gave up the ghost. But there's... This thing happens when you're in a system and I look again at those Jews around Jerusalem holding fast to God's Word, holding fast to the Old Testament law and then here comes Jesus up on... into the... the, Limelight, Jesus comes there. Let's turn to John chapter 9 for reading of scripture. This is such a beautiful story of known as the blind man. I think I'll read most of this story and. I want you to see what happens. We have the Pharisees in this story, and we have Jesus, and then we have a blind man. And the blind man, he gets his eyes opened up, and he believes on Jesus, and look what happens to him. <clears throat> John chapter 9, reading in verse 1. And as Peter passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man were his parents, and he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, and made clay of the spittle, and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. The neighbors therefore and they which before had seen him that he was blind said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes open? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. They took this man and took him to the Pharisees. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. And we can see that the concept of the Pharisees was very strong about the Sabbath day, and this is why they were so strong, because the Old Testament, the law of Moses, had said, "If any man would as much would work on the Sabbath day, if any man defile the Sabbath day, him shall God, him shall be cut off. He's to be cut off from his people." And now here comes Jesus, and he's doing miracles and many mighty works, and it seems like he takes a special liking to doing miracles on the Sabbath day. And now that there's an argument even among the Pharisees, and some said, "How could this man open his eyes if he's not from God?" And others said, this man is not from God because he breaks the Sabbath day. Reading in verse 17, they say unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him that he opened up thine eyes? He said, he's a prophet. Well, I can imagine, you know, I can imagine how this man must have felt. He was blind all his life. He was at least 40 years old, it says later had never seen before and here someone comes along and puts some mud on his eyes and he, his eyes are, and he goes to the pool of Siloam had someone lead him there or somehow found his way there and he washed that mud that spit off his eyes and, his, and he could see. Well, what would you do? What would your, your response be if someone asked you, well, who opened your eyes up? I don't know who it was. It was a man named Jesus And they ask you, well, what about this man? Well, he's a prophet. He must be a man of God. And that's the response that this man had when Jesus opened his eyes. I mean, I would have the same response. You know, I met the Lord Jesus. He's a prophet. He's a son of God. And he confessed that. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth we know not, or who hath opened his eyes we know not? He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. And the German says that he shall be put into the ban. The German says that if any man would confess Christ, and I'll read that in my German Bible here. I brought this Bible along to read that. It says in German... (coughs) Verse 22 it says, "Then the Eudan haben see for foraninihood, so yeaman in fear Christus bekenny doth err in den bondgeton verdi. And anyone who would confess Christ would be put into the ban, the English says, "Put out of the synagogue. And so we see that in the days of Jesus, the system was, it was in operation, and that's Satan's method to discourage people, to keep them from coming to Christ. is to put them in, is to hold them in a system that has a fearful thing called the ban. In the eyes of someone who's unconverted, in the eyes of someone who is in the system, and they look at that and they see someone leaving that system, and they get put into a ban, and they get avoided, they get shunned, and they and they get cut off, and that's. And when you don't have Christ, that's a fearful thing. Let's go on here reading. <clears throat> but his parents, they, uh, they said ask him because they didn't want to confess Christ because they would get put in the ban if they would. Verse 23, Therefore said his parents, he's of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he do to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? And it's like saying... He almost made fun of them. He said, Well, you want to hear it again? You want to be his disciples too? Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said to them, Why, hearing is a marvelous thing, that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes? Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. What a testimony. Full of faith. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I know I was blind and now I see. And since the world began, it had not been heard that a man's eyes were open that was born blind.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mattministry.org, or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.